Bible reading today is Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 to 22. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons, Marlon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpha and the other Ruth. After they had lived there 10 years, both Marlon and Killian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her two daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she'd been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's homes. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people but Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. And even if I thought there was still hope for me, eat even if I had another husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. 
at this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal ever so severely with me if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune on me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law. Arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. This is the word of the Lord. second reading is taken from Matthew chapter 26. This can be found on page 997 of the Bibles. Matthew chapter 26 beginning at verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, 
but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new day and for the freedom that we have to read your word and through it hear your voice. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. You may be familiar with the Charles Dickens book, A Tale of Two Cities. You might have read it, you might have heard of it. It's all about London and Paris. It was considered in its day to be rather a catchy title. Today we begin a sermon series on the book of Ruth, which I think might be otherwise entitled A Tale of Two Women. That would have been very surprising because, of course, um, women were rarely the centre of attention in the Bible. However, it would not be an inaccurate way to describe the book because this beautifully written short story which was wonderfully signed for us by Geraldine, it's quite captivating to watch isn't it? Um, but this short story is recounted largely speaking from the woman's point of view. In chapter one the story focuses on the life and times of an older woman called Naomi. It is set, we're told, in the time of the judges, um, that is in the 11th and 12th century BC, before Israel had kings. You can read all about that in um, the book just preceding the book of Ruth called Judges, strangely enough. But they were violent days, full of war and strife, and yet this little book set at the same time is completely in contrast to all the action and intrigue that we find in the book of Judges. This is a quiet tale of ordinary folk. It's a tale of two women, one who underwent much hardship, famine, displacement, bereavement, but who didn't lose her faith. She ended up in peace and security. The other, a foreigner was devoted to her mother-in-law and she learned to love and trust her God too. She found faith and she was blessed by God as a result. There are no kings or judges in this story. No military leaders, battles, spies or intrigue. No international diplomacy. On one level, it could be said to be really rather dull. It's a tale of unimportant people and really rather trivial comings and goings. But it is told in such a way that we are called to notice God's providence, his involvement in the lives of men and women, working his purposes out as he blesses those who honor him. It is told in such a way, I believe, that we're called to prayer whatever the circumstances of life we find ourselves in. 
In this story, we see that God cares for his people. We do not see spectacular miracles that go against the laws of nature and leave us speechless at God's power. Rather, this story acknowledges God's sovereign lordship in the world, guiding and steering humankind in the unfolding of daily lives. We see that he cares, he rules, and he provides for those that trust in him. As Christians, we don't believe in fate or accident. We believe in a holy and loving creator God who sustains and rules his world and rejoices in caring for his people who live in relationship with him. The story of Ruth and Naomi challenges us to bring to God the joy and the pain of our life, the successes and the tragedies in our world, and to grapple with them in the context of our faith. It is, I believe, nothing short of a call to prayer. The days of the judges were difficult days to live in for the people of Israel. Once settled in the promised land, they seemed to struggle to adapting to farming rather than war. They were tempted to turn to the gods that they found people worshipping in this new place, tempted to conform to a different way of living that didn't recognize the holiness code that Yahweh had laid down in his covenant with them. Surrounded by unrest and international strife, they were struggling for economic stability, and they found it hard to resist the standards of the world around them. One has to wonder, are we really any different? As a church, we live in a world that constantly challenges our faith. The pressures of life in the 21st century can be confusing, perhaps even frightening. We too suffer social and economic pressures. We turn on our TVs and we see war and famine and global warming. We see racism and homophobia. We see people desperately looking for significance. I used to teach a, a young man who, in truth, had quite an unfortunate life. He was called Peter. And his response to everything was always the same. What's the point, he would say. What's the point? Peter's dissatisfaction with his lot was, in many ways, quite understandable. We might well ask, where is God in a world full of pain? The story of Ruth shows us God not remote and unconcerned, but in his love, giving us the gift of faith to help us cope with the pain and the uncertainties of life. Naomi was not excused the hardships of life suffered by others. In a time of famine, she had to leave her home in Bethlehem. She became a refugee. Such was their hardship. She became a displaced person and fled to a foreign land with her family where, to cap it all, the three men in the family died. Life is no respecter of wealth and position. As our story implies, she began in Bethlehem wealthy and well provided for, perhaps even a person of note. She returned with nothing and no one to care for her. 
Untimely death is always tra traumatic. But in those days, the position of a widow was particularly precarious. She and her two daughters-in-law were quite alone. In what seems to us like rather a strange tradition, a widowed woman was expected to marry the brother of her deceased husband in order that she might be cared for and that she might have children that could carry on her husband's family name. As an older lady, there was simply no chance of this happening for Naomi. All the men in the family of these three women had died. In human terms, she had been left completely alone, vulnerable, in a strange land, in a time of grief. Naomi's response is prayer. Prayer that is faithful, prayer that is ruthlessly honest, and prayer that brings hope. In this first chapter of our story, it is Naomi who is center stage as she directs events, releasing her daughters-in-law from their obligations to her and turning in faith to her God to save her. One daughter heads off back to her old family home to seek protection elsewhere. But Ruth, this young foreign woman from Moab, has seen something of what a faithful life looks like in Naomi. She loves her mother-in-law and she has adopted her faith and they head back together towards Bethlehem. Is it not a challenge that even in our darkest hour as believers, the way we respond to adversity speaks eloquently of our relationship with God to those around us? Ruth saw faith in Naomi, and she chose to follow. Naomi's relationship with her Lord is truly not superficial. Her circumstances are indeed dreadful. But as a person of faith, she turns to prayer. She remembers all that God has done for her people in the past, and this leads her to commit the younger women to him in faith. Because of all that has gone before, she knows and trusts God's steadfast love. She believes God rules, and God cares, and God provides for his people, and it's so much part of her that we almost don't notice what an awesome statement of faith she is making when in verse 8, her immediate response is to entrust her daughters-in-law to the steadfast love and care, the hesed of her God. In spite of feeling no doubt lonely, abandoned and helpless, she turns to God she knows she can trust, and she entrusts the younger girls to him. Remembering what God has done for us in the past can be hugely important in times of trouble, and that is precisely why we will shortly be gathering around the communion table and tell again the story of Jesus' life and death and resurrection in bread and wine. 
We remember that God cares and God chooses to involve himself in our life. He is to be trusted, whatever our circumstances, because he loves us. C.S. Lewis wrote a poem reflecting on this love. Love loves as warm as tears. Love is tears. Pressure within the brain, tension at the throat. Deluge, weeks of rain, haystacks afloat. Featureless seas between hedges where once was green. Loves as fierce as fire. Love is fire. All sorts, infernal heat clinkered with greed and pride, a lyric desire, sharp, sweet, laughing even when denied, and that imperial flame whence all love came. Love's as fresh as spring, love is spring, birdsong hung in the air, cool smells in a wood, whispering, dare, dare, to sap, to blood, Telling ease, safety, rest are good, but not best. Love's as hard as nails. Love is nails. Blunt, thick, hammered through the medial nerves of one who, having made us, knew the thing he had done. Seeing, with all that is, our cross and his. This is not to say, however, that Naomi pretends she is completely happy. She's not putting a brave face on it. Naomi's response is one of faith, but it is also searingly honest. She is utterly truthful about how she feels. When the two women arrive home to Bethlehem, it's harvest time and the menfolk are all out in the fields and the women greet them in sadness and astonishment. Can it really be Naomi, this poor woman, in sadly reduced circumstances? Naomi doesn't hide how she's feeling. Before God, she acknowledges her anger and her fear. She blames him for her circumstances. In absolute honesty, she brings all that she's feeling before God. Her prayers are faithful. Her prayers are honest. And yet, like Habakkuk, she chooses to trust in God. Her prayers are prayers of hope. Because Naomi remembers all that God has done for her people in the past, she knows he is to be trusted. Because she's honest with him about how she feels now, she can build again for the future. Her faith gives her hope in adversity, which has a huge influence on the life of young Ruth. How often our response to adverse circumstances as people of faith challenges others to look to God and begin a relationship with him it has been said that a God who makes himself known in the valley of darkness can also be trusted in the good times. Naomi's faith 
shines out of her darkness, honest and compelling. I do love this story, but not because it's a lovely little Old Testament love story, because that's not how I see it. The real love story is between Naomi and her God. Naomi is a gritty, courageous woman who faced hardship and tragedy in the strength that God gave her. Through faith, she faced challenges that came hot on the heels, one after another after another. Challenges that might have caused a lesser person to turn away from God, because there is always that option. But Naomi shows us a different way. In adversity, she turned into God. She prayed with faith, remembering all that God has done for his people in the past. She prayed with honesty, sharing with him exactly how she felt, no holes barred, as they say. She prayed with hope for the future, absolutely certain that her redeeming God would come to her rescue. I wonder where you find yourself this morning as we gather around the communion table to remember. Maybe your personal circumstances are far from ideal. If so, bring them to God. We, as a church family, are in a challenging season. We liked things as they were. We didn't want them to change. Bring that to God. Our future in a time of vacancy might seem a little uncertain. How does that make you feel? Bring that to God. I invite you this morning to take up the challenge of Naomi. Look at this building. Those of you who have worshipped here for many years, remember how it used to be. God has answered your prayers before, so pray again with faith. Pray with honesty. You might be afraid of the emotions in your heart, but God is big enough to handle it. Above all, pray with hope for the future that God has planned for us here in Walcott. This evening's service will be one of prayer and quiet reflection, and you're invited to come and bring your life to God in prayer. Pray with faith, pray with honesty, and pray with hope. The prayer room will be set aside, particularly to focus on our prayers for the vacancy. Do come and bring all that we are before God. In response to his love for us, bring your life to him in prayer. The Little Book of Ruth is the most robust challenge to complacency and defeatism that you could ever hope to read. Be inspired by it. We worship a God who chooses to involve himself in our life. In bread and wine outpoured, we remembered the extent to which he gave himself for us. 
holding nothing in reserve. Be inspired that anyone, even a widowed, destitute, powerless woman, can turn to God in honest prayer. Like Naomi, pray with faith, pray with honesty, and pray with hope. For God hears and answers our prayers, and it is the most important thing we can do in a time of crisis. As you come forward to receive a blessing or bread and wine this morning, bring with you all that you are, all the burdens that you carry, and offer them to God, knowing that he loves you and he's given all that you might have a hope and a future. Amen. So we're going to respond to that challenge that Esther shared with us from the book of Naomi to respond to God's steadfast love and to trust in him. So let's stand to worship him together. This, uh, this song may not be um, familiar to you, um, but just, I just encourage you and invite you to reflect on... Um, on the words and the truth uh, that it contains, which is uh, very much um, what Esther was talking to us about this morning. There is strength within the sorrow There is beauty in our tears you meet us in our morning with a love that casts out fear you are working in our waiting sanctifying us when beyond our understanding Teaching us to trust Your plans are still to prosper You have not forgotten us You're with us in the fire and the fire Faithful forever Perfect in love You are sovereign
Jesus are my delight. The plans are still to prosper. You've not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the So we gather round the table to remember with um, wine outpoured and bread. The Lord is here.